Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Welcome back to part two of how to get unstuck. So if you haven't listened to part one, go back to last week's, listen to episode 13. This is episode 14. Go in order, please. It's going to really help solidify all of this information for you. So the number one was surround yourself with good people. You're the average of the five people you spend most time with. Today, we're talking about teensy tiny action every day. Baby steps. So it's easy to get overwhelmed when you're thinking about long-term goals and where you want to be. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're in a day job now and you're thinking, I want to start my own business and I want to get to a point where I'm employed full-time, self-employed full-time, and you know, there's just so many things between where you are now and and that uh, that can get very overwhelming, and the overwhelm can shut us down. So it's very helpful to break things down into baby steps. I am a spreadsheet nerd. So, I mean, when I was, when I was in my day job and I was thinking I'm going to start my own business doing IT, I broke things down by a fiscal quarter uh, for a couple years on a spreadsheet. Like, all right, in these next three months, I'm going to do a little bit of this, like some training. I'm going to uh, go to school and get my certifications. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to work with my uh, mentor in IT a lot more. I'm going to hustle uh, just to to even to be able to do free work with him would be helpful. So I was like, okay, this quarter I'm focusing on just working in the field. I don't care how much I get paid because I still have a day job. Um, but yeah, so that, that helped me break things down. It's like, okay, if I want to be, you know, quitting my day job in two to three years, um, which was kind of my timeline for things. Um, how do I want to go about it? And and thinking, oh God, in in two years I'm gonna I'm gonna need to be self-employed is like that's not really actionable. But saying like, okay, I need to get my certifications. I need to build a website. I need like breaking these things down. And then even like building a website, breaking that down. Like what needs to be on the website? Like okay, first this week I'm gonna spend time deciding what needs to go on the website. And then next week I'll worry about making those things, right? So essentially you created goals with gates for yourself, like I was talking about in episode 12, Success Isn't Linear. So taking those small action steps to lead to your overall long-term success is going to be really important. I'm actually in the process of kind of doing that right now. So whether you're in Josh's story, it's like starting your business from scratch and like figuring out the steps that it's going to be necessary to, that are going to be necessary to take to get you to where you want to be. In that case, your success was launching your own business. And now it's probably changed completely from there. For me, three years in, my success has kind of shifted a little bit. So I'm shifting the way I'm seeing clients, working with individuals and kind of toning back the cooking a little bit. And that's okay, but it gives me time to reevaluate and having to reset some of those goals. So I've been using a curriculum that I created about three years ago, 
And at this point, I'm at the time for revising it because I've kind of niched down a little bit more and changed my niche a little bit more from what it was. So now I have about eight weeks of curriculum to go through and it seems really overwhelming in all honesty because I have to create content, I have to remove content, revise it, kind of move things around on the online course. And it's a lot of work, I'm not gonna lie. But breaking it down step by step, so hey, maybe I need to get X, Y, and Z done by today and that's feasible. And it actually really helps, especially me, if I tell someone. So with this last round of of revisions that I did, I told my best friend, I was like, okay, I need to get this done by Saturday. And just the act of me telling her that I needed to get it done by Saturday, I did it in like a day. So I was done by Thursday, which is super cool because it was stressing me out. But because I knew I had told someone that I needed to get it done by that time, that was super helpful. So not only taking small steps, but having an accountability to someone, if it's not just yourself, can be really helpful in helping you move through your your goals. Yeah. So the other important thing too is to, when you're making your baby steps, is to think about the things you can control, right? So for instance, I'm doing a lot more songwriting these days and I initially wrote down a goal of uh, writing with other people. So co-writes, doing more of that. Uh, and so my, I re- originally wrote down like, okay, I want to try and have, you know, at least two co-writes a month for the rest of this year. And I said this like in the summer. Then I realized I can't control how many co-writes I have because that hinges on another person and their availability. So... I had to break that down even further into things I can control. So I decided I was going to invite four to six co-writers to write with me every month and schedule where they may, right? Because I can't control our combined schedules, but I can control how often I'm reaching out to people and and working with people. So like, okay, if I'm going to send four to six emails or texts or phone calls or Facebook messages to people, that I want to work with, um, hopefully that results in an average of about two actual co-writes happening every month. Because some of them will never respond. Some people will be busy and it'll never quite get done and others will just schedule it for tomorrow. So, I really like that plan. That's actually really smart. And seeing it in that way, focusing on the things you can control and doing all that you can to best control the things you can't control. I love it. Right. Yeah. Cause I know that like, I'm not, if I write six emails, I'm not going to get six co-writes, but, uh, so that's why I don't send out two emails. Cause it's like, well, what if they both don't respond or they're busy until next year or something then. Josh, tell me a little bit about this. You recently showed me that you kind of planned out your ideal week. How did that work? Oh yeah. So, um, I was recently feeling overwhelmed with all my goals and I needed to break them down. And I had had been successfully breaking them down into what needed to be accomplished in all my goals, but I still wasn't figuring out how to make time for them because like between uh, uh, IT business and uh, hobbies and stuff that I wanted to accomplish and songwriting and whatnot, I needed to feel like everything was progressing at least a little bit every week. And so uh, Michael Hyatt, who is an author, if you don't know him, look him up. He's got a few books out, but 
one of them I read a while back um, talks about your developing your ideal week. And the idea is that you put into a calendar, into your schedule, if if nobody in the world influenced you and you could just do what you wanted to and needed to do every day, uh, what would that look like from hour to hour? Like schedule it all out. And I'd heard about this concept from Michael Hyatt a long time ago and thought to myself, well, that's all well and good, but my IT business is totally um, reactionary. So I I don't schedule people in advance. They call me up in a panic because their hard drive crashed and they want help now. And I can't go like, I'm sorry, I'm writing a song right now. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to have to schedule you for Thursday at two because that's when I'm available to work on your computer. TTYL. <laughs> Bye. So uh, I just need to be available for that. And, and so I realized uh, just a few weeks ago and I was showing you child that like, I can map out blocks of time and that's most of like a 40 hour work week that I am available for my business, for IT, for people who have computers crashing and stuff. So that time is more or less unplanned because um, I'm just leaving myself wide open. If somebody calls, I can schedule them either right away or as soon as my next IT availability is. But I can always take a lunch break. Everyone should take a lunch break, including business owners, right? Um, And I definitely have time every evening and before I go in the office every morning that I could do a little bit. And so I was thinking that I need to get my songwriting. I got to get like, you know, we, Chell and I switch off editing these podcasts and and blog posts and stuff. So I got to make sure that moves forward. I have a nonprofit I'm starting that needs to needs a little bit of attention week in and week out. And I'm tired of feeling overwhelmed. So I was like, okay, well, if I just plan out like, okay, Monday before work, I'm going to spend an hour doing some uh, stuff for my nonprofit. And Monday after work, I'm going to do some unstuck Institute stuff. And so the idea is you'll never actually probably achieve your ideal week because the world happens, life happens and and you have to react and do things, but it's a good roadmap of where I want to go. And it's a good way to make me feel like I'm making progress in everything that's important to me. And I, and I've, in everything that's important to me. And I feel like I am no longer dropping the ball, uh, which is good. I've been doing this for like two, three weeks. And I feel like in the last two, three weeks, I've not been overwhelmed and this like anxiety in the back of my brain that like, oh, and I'm forgetting to do something for Unstuck right now. Um, because I know that like, as soon as I think of something I have to do for Unstuck, I just write it down. And next time an hour of Unstuck Institute work comes up, I just do it then. That's really smart. Do you mind sharing it with our Unstuckers? I know you took a picture of it and sent it to me, but I think just kind of seeing what that roadmap looks like and maybe you can like black some things out, but I think it's really helpful. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll totally do that. Um, and I think the other point I want to make too is we're not robots. Um, so in your ideal week, if you do this, uh, one, you should totally look at Michael Hyatt and get it explained better than what I'm explaining. But two, also like leave some room for downtime because if you schedule dawn to dusk or to sleepy time, uh, <laughs> you schedule yourself to work constantly, you won't, you'll, you'll burn out. 
and you won't get things done. Speaking of another book that kind of helps along with this, it's called Make Time. It's by Jake Knapp and John Zertaski. I'm like halfway through it, um, but they both worked for Google and they both used different methods. Like one guy worked in the morning and one guy worked at night. So if you're not a morning person or if you're not a night person, their tactics may be a little bit more helpful with that too. So kind of doing a combination of all of these methods to find your ideal setup can be really helpful. Totally. Yeah. No, your circadian rhythm plays into it and trying to work inside of your rhythm rather than against it. So for me, I'm up early and I find that um, I can easily wake up slowly and waste a lot of time. But also that's kind of within like half an hour of waking up, that's when I'm clearest throughout my whole day. So that's when I try to do some work and I get kind of a slump in the afternoon. So that's when I want to kind of schedule in some more or less downtime or easier work or something like that. And I've learned like, okay, when I get home from work, you know, 5, 5.30, I'm going to be pretty exhausted. So I take like an hour to just, you know, either power nap or just watch some Netflix or whatever. But then I've got like two, three more hours after rebounding a little bit to get other things done. And then I'm the type of person that gets real tired around like nine o'clock. So accurate. I've seen it happen. Yeah. So I'm not going to fight against that and say like, yeah, so me, I'm going to from like nine to midnight, I'm going to do a bunch of unstuck editing because I know that won't happen. That's just not me. So yeah. So a really cool quote, people like us do things like this. So while the work may be hard, it may be things that you don't want to do today, but you do it anyway. Because business owners like us do things like this. So even if it's the last thing you want to do on your list, do it because it's going to help move your business forward. And truthfully, if you're an entrepreneur or solopreneur, you're probably heavily self-motivated already. So you know that doing it is going to make you feel super accomplished, but it's also going to help push your business forward and help you take the next step towards your bigger goal. Yeah. I've been I've been trying to remind myself of that quote from Seth Good and people like us do things like this. And it's amazing how motivating that is because it's like this weird mantra that's got some power or whatever, you know, like a positive affirmation or whatever. Um, but like I'll totally be sitting there like, yeah, I don't want to do – don't want to do my books or I don't want to update the website or I don't want – and then I go, okay – but if I want to be an entrepreneur, this is the work that has to get done. People like us do things like this. As soon as I say that, I still don't want to do it, but I do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Yesterday morning, for example, it was 37 degrees in Florida. I didn't think that happened in all honesty. All my winter clothes have been put away. But it was 5.30 in the morning and I had an accountability partner and I was like, yo, we're going to run. Like We had predetermined this earlier in the week and I texted her. I was like, yo. It's 37 degrees. We're doing this, right? I was like, I'm wearing two pairs of pants, three sweaters, gloves, a hat. Like, we're doing this. She's like, are you sure it's not too cold for Luna, my dog? And I was like, no, no, no. Like, she's a mountain dog. She's fine. So, like, mind you, it's Florida. So I have to drive to where I want to run. We do it. We get out there. And it is beyond worthwhile. I mean, yes, it's cold. But the sun's, the sunrise that we saw at 630 in the morning was epic. It was pink. It was purple. It was green. It was yellow. It was sweet. And the water was super still and it's not what I expected at all. So 
I think finding the beauty in things that you don't necessarily want to do is really important. So take those tiny actions and you can make a huge impact. All right, so that's a wrap on episode 14, How to Get Unstuck, part two. We'll be back next week with part three. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. Tell us what you do to get unstuck on Instagram at unstuck.institute using the hashtag unstuck yourself. And hey, we're a relatively brand new podcast and you know what helps out relatively brand new podcast reviews in iTunes. For instructions on how to leave a review for a relatively brand new podcast, go to our website unstuck.institute. Talk to you guys next week when we'll be talking about part three of how to get unstuck. Visualize your goals, but also write them down. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Confucius. Teensy tiny action every day. Think like the itsy bitsy spider. You're going up that <laughs> you're going up that water spout. I had nowhere to go with that. <laughs> Are we still recording? Are we still on?